Wagwan, how are we doing guys? This is Fitter Food Radio episode number 20. It's a milestone yet again, Keris, 20 episodes. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> when you look at <laughs> it's people... It's not even like, that many, actually. And you look at people like Rob Wolf, Paleo Solution. He's I done think like 2,300. <laughs> no, he's not that many, but... <laughs> No, he's a uh, yeah. At least he's done a lot. He's into three. Figures. He's done a Laura Laura podcast. Yeah, but I have started to look now at other podcasters, like ones I love listening to. I notice that they don't go out like every single week, so I don't feel too bad that we some, don't always some do. make it. Some do. Yeah. Some go out weekly. Yeah. Some people do a a surge of them. I've noticed, and yeah, you have like yeah. one every other day that seems to just crop up, but then they have like a two week break. Yeah. Whereas we. Well, we're just kind of a bit here, there and everywhere, aren't we? Yeah. With it's the element of surprise. You might get two this week. You might get none. <laughs> Who knows? In the background, we are trying to... We're busy on courses. Trying to change the world. Yeah, working, you know, working hard. You know, so. it is. <laughs> cool. It's like that cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. But he was trying to take over the world. Whereas I want to change the world. <laughs> right, tangent. <laughs> was that a bit random? Up on one. Was that, was that my random thoughts just coming out? You did out? just confess to everyone that you used to watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I did used to watch it. You knew what it was. She's on a diet. Have you seen it actually recently? No. Yeah, she's become one of these um, like teen stars who's in all the magazines. I think she did either Slimming World or similar and has become, I think she might have become the face of one of those diet brands now because she... Oh, really? Yeah, she got quite overweight. How old is she now, though? She, and... Isn't she like 40 or something? She must Because I'm sure even yeah. when she was Sabrina the Teenage Witch, she wasn't actually a teenager. She looked older than that No, to she me. was. Was she? I'm sure she was. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, she's now become a, a <laughs> but... face of a slimming brand, I think. She lost... She looks quite, really great now. It's quite she funny because I just thought I'd put a totally random thought out there, yet it has come back I to nutrition back to in some way. <laughs> you could have made that up just to save me. I no, she know. was in something. <laughs> I'm going to look it up now. I'll find out what she did. <laughs> One thing I was going to say was we had a request this week because it's been Easter and obviously everyone has been spending time with their family and hopefully fishing eat, out the... Eating chocolate. <laughs> well, hopefully, but fishing out the Fit Food book and cooking up someone did anchovy lamb they posted on facebook Beautiful. which looked amazing and a picture of the whole family enjoying it which was lovely to see but i think it raises questions when you get together with the family and start talking about the fact that you've ditched um you know a lot of processed foods and moved on to eating a bit more meat and and, and um yeah. you know quite a lot of eggs and fat and everyone starts asking questions and one young lady actually messaged us because she said that her parents are struggling with type 2 one i think it's a mom struggling with type 2 diabetes and on a stack load of medication mm-hmm. and when she was trying to talk to her she found it quite difficult to explain why she'd switched to eating more fat in the name of health and, yeah. and and nutrition and so she suggested we do a podcast on sort of older generations who are completely fixated with low fat we should probably get your nan on here when we, oh, <laughs> one no day. Trouble. She could talk. That'd be awful. Um, that, that could either be comedy gold or just <laughs> the worst thing in the world. <laughs> one of the two. Let's try it and see. But yeah, she's very, very um, convinced on certain things, and it is, you know, she'll have her cereal for breakfast, won't but, she? But, and, but it's understandable, and, right? And not, it is the not thing. touch the eggs so much, and because of the cholesterol, and you yeah, know, and wasn't it when the last time we stayed with her? BBC announced that... Oh, we're still talking about my nan. Your nan, yeah. This is a little digression. But uh, there was something about bottled water not being very good for you. Hmm. And when we're travelling, me and you always drink bottled water rather than tap water. That's that's right, yeah. At home we have a filter. She'd recorded this to show us that we were idiots almost for drinking the bottled water because apparently it offered no nutritional benefits. But I didn't even want to start talking about 
My nan's know, always like heavy metals in water and looking stuff. for a way to to trip us up, isn't she? Yeah, but the reason I mentioned that story was she believed the BBC to be the most reliable source of any evidence based information <laughs> ever. So because it was on the BBC, it was the truth, and therefore we shouldn't be drinking bottled water. And I actually have seen other studies that say we shouldn't bother with bottled water, but I still it's a personal choice. I have it instead of tap yeah. water when we travel. Anyway, so because parents are still looking towards um, sort of media, which is very much dominated by the food industry, they are still listening to that message of low fat, which as recently we saw the whole thing on butter being good for you. Yeah. Um, and that was a BBC headline. But there's still a lot more that could be done. So we are going to do a whole podcast, should we say episode 21? Is uh, well, let's not put that pressure on ourselves. <laughs> it might be episode 21, it might be 22. One of knows? the episodes, in the, one of the next two episodes yeah. is going to be devoted to explaining things like heart disease and nutritional measures that you can take to avoid or limit the damage of these um, diseases which tend to set in in older generations. I was going to say a podcast for parents, but you can be a parent at 21, so that's really a stupid thing Very to true. say. Very true. <laughs> so... Uh, a podcast for older generations where you can talk to the, you could hopefully share them and I'll try and simplify the advice and information that's the new science that's out there on things like type 2 diabetes um, like any it. of the cardiovascular um, issues that you could have even things like high blood pressure medications a little bit on so I, I think that's a great idea I mean we've had uh, we've had quite a few ideas actually haven't we about what to kind of base some episodes on I mean because yeah. I mean the idea of our podcast isn't that you know, this podcast is for everyday people, right? You know, men, women, young, old, people that are personal trainers, people who are not, people who are nutritionists, people yeah. who just like to eat good food and look after themselves. And ultimately, we want to provide you guys with information that you can apply on a daily basis. So with that in mind, we we've re- we had the, uh, the roundtable discussion, didn't we, with a few of our members that have kind of converted to paleo and yeah. the, their journey. But and then that idea about helping like parents convert maybe and understand it a little bit more. Another idea we had was um, on you know kind of maybe getting a couple of mums on the on the show and and seeing how they've kind of managed to you know implement a, a much cleaner or paleo-ish type lifestyle with you know like with their children and partners and, and making that work because we've had a few success stories there which are just amazing just hearing the little little tricks of the trade that mums have used to kind of get their kids eating better food and, and ultimately but ultimately enjoying it which is the main thing right so that's another episode yeah definitely and we've also got a friend of ours ian male coming on who actually managed to wean his little boy um on paleo foods yeah. and first um person that i know of as in personally who, who did this yeah um he uh, and his his uh, wife eat paleo but what's great is their little boy has basically eaten um, majority paleo and doesn't know much else yeah. and the stories he has are really fantastic um, oh the stories are amazing I mean the, when you told me after you met up with him but, yeah you know but we'll save them we'll save those but also the response of people around him has been really interesting and in how he's been strong enough to buffer that with mm-hmm. you know which you do have to do right down to the, the 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 teachers in his nursery and all sorts of people who've questioned what he's doing with his little boy almost to the point of it being cruel <laughs> <It's> cruel <laughs> to give your child blueberries Anyway, but yeah, we'll get him on so he can talk about that. Um, but anything that we can do, and you feel free to write to us and email us with um, suggestions like this where you would like further guidance or episodes where focusing on certain issues that you could share with friends and families. We do get some really niche questions and we, and we do try and cover those as well. Yeah. But for me personally, and I'm sure you feel the same, Matt, that the whole thing about um, 
you know, taking it down to the next level of detail as to whether you should should or shouldn't eat almonds and walnuts because of omega-6-3 balance or whatever is one thing, but there's a bigger battle to fight here, which is just getting people to eat healthy and sustain it long-term, um, yep. you know, and avoid some of the, the massive pitfalls that are more more so mental and behavioural than anything else. I think, you know, all the, the level of detail has been covered elsewhere by all the great paleo primal podcasts and authors, haven't it? Yeah. The message, and people know what they should be eating, they just can't do it sometimes because of lifestyle and other factors. So. But that's why, you know, it's so important to highlight, you know, here, here's the information, but they're not, here's how you actually apply it. Yeah. And the more people that we can get to inspire you and give you guidance and advice outside of me and you is going to help, basically. And also, I mean, you just reminded me of when, um, uh, and we mentioned Phil Lerney before, who's an awesome dude, uh, when we went to his seminar. But he kind of stressed, didn't he, like just keeping things simple. And even even he said, you know, like when he works with clients, like they often overthink like everything and just make themselves so stressed and worked up about it all that, they actually end up doing themselves more harm through raising cortisol levels yeah, than actually, yeah. you know, just kind of calming down and making a few step changes and, and doing it that way. But anywho. Well, that's all links to what we're going to talk about today, which is... It does indeed. <laughs> but do you see what I did there? Yeah, well done. You see what I did there? Well... You liked that, didn't you? <laughs> right, so the episode 20, Keris. Um So this was a bit of a kind of spur of the moment podcast. We were a bit like, we're full of beans. Let's get dinner in the oven and record the podcast whilst it's cooking. We thought we would cover a bit on our journeys. So we have changed our approaches to nutrition and training sort of quite drastically. And yes. um, I had a bit of an epiphany this morning, didn't I? Which, you did. Which, you, you were very excited about it. Yeah, and I just, I've made some decisions about my own training and nutrition. I thought, well, I might share them because it just might be relevant and useful to some people sure um, in terms of the strategies that I'm going to apply. And although I say never self-treat and let someone else take the headache, away from this for you but I've actually done that I've seen other nutritionists and other trainers and then ignored their advice (laughs) and carried on doing what I was told not to do essentially in some ways but here's the thing isn't it I mean we'll we'll obviously we'll get on to what your your epiphany yeah shortly but I think a lot of trainers coaches nutritionists out there are guilty of not following their own advice so to speak yeah so what you would suggest for your clients to do we, we we will often ignore when it's us. Not all the time, but, but, it, but it certainly happens. <laughs> yeah. Often the question Keris and I ask each other is when we're kind of stressing about a certain thing is they'd say, well, I might say to Keris, well, what would you say if that was a client of yours? And then she doesn't even need to answer the question because she knows where I'm going. Yeah, and then... it's always a really logical, sensible, straightforward, practical approach. But when it's applied to myself, it's really hard to do, like... I think women generally have a, a massive tendency to just press self-destruct in every sense of the word when that comes to lifestyle, uh, particularly things like stress, um, their attitude towards exercise, very sort of punishing, very <laughs> self-destructive, and nutrition, you know, in the sense of either being way too depriving um, and then going well off the rails or um, trying to balance being very sort of restrictive with um, very indulgent, maybe at the weekends and and just never really getting it right, um, and uh, I'm certainly guilty of that myself. So, so yeah. So after going around the house a little bit, I've just decided to sort of um, really what, simplify what, everything. What yeah, So, what is the epiphany? <laughs> so what is it? What was it? To give a bit of history on, on my health background, I have something called 
hypogonadal hypertrophin syndrome, which is where basically we talk about HPA axis when we're talking about um, how stress affects your body. Mm-hmm. And it's all about hormones in this sense. And the HPA axis is, uh, hypothalamus gland is based in the brain, and that's like your master gland. Um, you might call it the chief executive of the body, makes all the decisions um, and sends out messages. And you've got this hierarchy that exists. So the next gland down is the pituitary gland. Right. So that's why it's HP. And then the final one is um, adrenal glands. So it's called the HPA axis because the brain talks to the pituitary gland, which talks to the adrenal glands, which will release our stress hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, things like cortisol and our sort of get-going hormones like, um, and again, they sometimes they're referred to as neurotransmitters as well. So things like adrenaline, noradrenaline. So the things that get us wired and, and make us yeah. ready to run from a lion. So... What I had done is because I didn't have a cycle, um, there are several things that can cause it. It's really common. It could be years of being on the pill, which I have been on the pill for years. It yeah. can be after years of intense exercise. I've done that as done well. That. It can be stress-related generally. Done that. Yep. <laughs> it, Do that. It could be... Um, you actually get investigated for brain tumours um, because it, that could be suppressing the, the sort of pulsing from the hypothalamus you know, master gland down through the rest of the body. So mm-hmm. I actually had a full... MRI scan, uh, but that was fine, so thank goodness. Um, and I've had all sorts of other tests done. They've looked at all my stress hormones, thyroid hormones. I've done my own tests, like um, looking at everything. And the main outcome seems to be that there's quite a stress response going on in my body. So my progesterone, which is the hormone that would be um, that often is is sort of stolen from in times of stress, which would make somebody infertile. Uh, my progesterone was really low, so possibly because my cortisol was a bit too high. So my stress hormone was stealing the cholesterol. Um, and with hypogonadal hypertrophin syndrome, just generally my brain is telling my body it's a really unsafe time to be pregnant to the point of don't even be fertile. So mm-hmm. that's what's happening to me. Um, so over the years, I've been to various different people for help, obviously. So as well as going through the GP and endocrinologists in NHS, where I got all the tests done, which is great. I also have been getting support from the amazing MMI Hill, who we chat about yes she's been helping me and there's various things that i've explored um in terms of herbs i've had acupuncture i've had uh, i've tried things like agnes castus and maca and you name it i've tried it i'm now trying glandulars which is basically ovarian glandulars of Mm -hmm. animals to try and help with the to just fix my hpa axis make it function a bit better Um, but the bit that i've not been very good at um is uh, basically moderating stress uh, possibly because it's the hardest bit and it doesn't involve taking a pill because <laughs> I can do that. That's not. That's really easy, yeah. But I'm sure there's herbs that help with stress. <laughs> I've tried them as well. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm joking. I, say, yeah. I don't recommend that. No. So I have tried and I've tried herbs that help with stress. Um, not in that sense. I mean, yeah. real herbs. like Proper uh, herbs. Yes. That you like can purchase legally. And, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adaptogenic herbs which help modulate you know, sort of um, hormones in the body and, and that balance you. So if you're producing too many stress hormones, they'd lower them. If you weren't producing enough, they'd increase them. So I've tried everything and with very little success. So the area that I'm visiting today, my little epiphany, I've also tried breaks from exercise, but I think I've been quite nervous when I've had a break from exercise because I've trained for the last 13 years um, and it was the way that I originally lost, was able to lose weight and sustain weight loss. Um, when I didn't know much about nutrition. So I was very scared about stopping exercise. But but, but but you took exercise to a whole other level, let's face it. You didn't exercise a, a normal amount. 
No, but then I have I, I've moderated it. But what I do find is I'm a bit of a type A personality that is competitive. And so the minute I get back into exercise, I actually really enjoy exercise. Mm -hmm. I'm just not very good at controlling my approach to exercise. Yep. I tend to push myself into a zone. And the other thing I think I did when I took a break from exercise was probably didn't eat enough. Maybe because I think you become a little bit nervous about, you know, you're not training. So what's going to happen to your body? Mm -hmm. So not that I ever restricted calories in a dangerous way. I just probably was on the lower end. And when you have something like hypothalamus issues... The feedback to the body has to be that there is an abundance of calories so that fertility is optimal. So for you ladies out there that are trying to get pregnant and nothing's happening, this is a key factor um, in that if you are, again, on a diet or in any way restricting even one of the macronutrients, like perhaps too low carb, um, your body is going to be feeding back that there's a sense of starvation there. So um, I think at the time that I did it, I probably dropped my carbs a bit too low, thinking I don't need them, I'm not training. Um, and just generally my appetite went a little bit because I wasn't exercising. So I, um, I probably went to the <clears> lower <throat> calorie end. So I decided today. Well, before, before you put it out there about what your epiphany was, <laughs> I just want to kind of say that, um, Ker Keris has been in a, a bit of a pickle of, of late with kind of where she wants to go with her training and, and whatnot. And like Keris has always, always loved running. And as she mentioned, like enjoys training yet kind of felt that she was getting back into the running and then maybe getting a bit carried away with that. And then a, a reoccur like an old knee injury started to rear its ugly head a little bit. And so then you started doing some more weight stuff yet. You feel that your body doesn't <laughs> respond very well to lifting weights. So that was frustrating you. And then you thought you'd do a bit of yoga, but then the, the yoga timetable just didn't really <laughs> fit in with yours. And she was getting in a bit of a flap to say the least and just overly stressing about her training regime. And, Oh, do you know what? I, I had to. What well, I was just going to say, I had to kind of have a word um, <laughs> and just say, uh, you know, you need to sort yourself out because you're getting so stressed about this. It's just causing you so much more harm than you probably think. When you just need to kind of decide what it is you want to achieve and and focus on it and prioritize your goal. And that goal is fertility is my optimal goal. But oh, also to, to a little baby. yeah, to de to try and de-stress a little bit. And Matt's right in that when I'm working with a client, say again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt's right. <laughs> uh, when I'm working with a client, I have to look at all the what we could call confounding factors, which might be affecting their health. And so we start mm -hmm. with things like, okay, well, what are they eating? And so I sort of really felt for um, bless Emma Myhill when I first went to, took myself off to see her because I was eating almost 100% paleo. Um, taking every supplement that you could ever imagine to support working, you know, the hours I was working as a personal trainer, you know, ideal. So, but I knew what I was doing there in terms of supporting that nutritionally and supplementally. And, uh, and I think, uh, and for her, the main thing was to try and convince me to change things like lifestyle and, um, and work-life balance. And, you know, it was outside of nutrition and, and supplements, which is very much where I'd been focusing. So, when I'm sort of working with a client, I do a very similar thing in that I look at the confounding factors and think, how can this be simplified? If they're not moving, obviously, I'll get them moving. But if they are training already and not seeing results, then it's a case of let's strip it back a little bit. And often I'll say, well, let's not train because I don't think you're lazy. You do your exercise. You've got that in you. That's fine. But something else isn't working. And to be able to establish what that is, we need to simplify things a little bit. Possibly exercise is working against you. Mm -hmm. um, and I often feel that 
at the moment, I think we're in quite a stressful period and it's still you and I running the business very much and we are pulled in different directions. It's quite a stressful environment to work yeah. in until we can build our business and get more people on board. So perhaps for now, exercise, especially intense exercise, isn't right for me. But then even low intense exercise, like you think jogging, isn't right for me because I can't make it low intense. <laughs> so I was, like you said, a tendency to start tracking distances and times and speeds and, and turning it very into a competitive sport. Yeah. So, and I suppose the other side of it was with the amount of work I have to do, it's almost a sense of guilt at taking time out in the gym um, as well. And we also have a dog, which we needs do. walking. And what I was finding was by the end of the day, I didn't even have the energy to walk the dog. When I'd done all of my work, tried to been and done my run or done my gym workout and made my healthy meals for the next couple of days and things like that it's just too much and I was barely able to keep my eyes open past eight o'clock which isn't really healthy so went to the gym today got on my bike kicked off with my intervals which I was doing where I have to always hit an rpm of 120 <laughs> so even that I've got like boundaries and, and minimums and maximums and I did my intervals and then I just thought there is nothing else here I want to do I, tr I did I did tried lunges no tried a row I used to love rowing no tried to do something on a swiss ball and end up just rolling around on a swiss ball <laughs> for like a few minutes and thought this is really stupid like I I want to be outside for one I want to be doing something that reboots me not exhausts me which is basically something like walking or maybe a bit of yoga I want to feel sort of invigorated, not stressed and wound up about it. And that's what training was doing for me. And nutritionally, I think it's quite hard when you are training, nutrition has to be tweaked consistently. And that can be a real, for me, a pain in the bum. Like it was just becoming a bit of a headache. So the more runs I was doing, the more I was having to take carbs up a little bit. And also I noticed the more my digestive system was struggling with the longer runs mm -hmm. so I was getting this vicious cycle going of training was not reinforcing my health it was taking away from my health right um, and that's that's a very personal journey that I wanted to share because sometimes we see on our plans lots of people caning um, CrossFit or British military fitness or um, going jogging four or five times a week and they are sometimes I often see that they're trying to out train sometimes a bad diet you know because they don't yeah. want to sort nutrition out uh, with me, I think I was actually trying to out-train stress. So I was using my training as a bit of a stress release. Which it is, temporarily. Temporarily. But then I was draining myself quite a bit as well. So I left the gym today and decided I am just going to walk a lot. <laughs> no, I'm going to walk the dog. That's going to be my exercise. And, and we walk quite fast, so we'll probably do a couple of hours a day of walking. And I'm, it's going to be obviously outdoors, so nice vitamin D. Spring. We've got a, a nice woods near us as well, so it's all like hilly terrain yeah. and stuff like that, which is good fun. Um, I might every now and then just chuck in some walking lunges, some bodyweight squats, keep things ticking over. Um, I probably will try and find that yoga class because I do think I need some deep breathing and a bit of meditation, which yoga you know, does help with that. I've just got to find one that fits with my timetable. And nutritionally, I've gone back and forth on, as I was running more, I was having to bring in a lot more rice um, and sort of... Um, as I mentioned, high GI foods and grain-based foods, even that was feeling like a bit having to constantly analyse. And I remember thinking back to when I was just, I took that training break last year and I was very much listening to my body a bit more, mm -hmm. you know, sort of a bit more relaxed, three meals a day, two meals a day, whatever. So I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to three meals a day. All of my nutrition is going to come from nutrient-dense foods. 
So pretty much fit food principles. My carbs are going to come from root veg and potatoes and sweet potatoes. I'm not going to measure, not that I, I don't really measure anyway, but I'm not going to sit there going, I need to run tomorrow so I've got a carb load tonight, lunch, you know, dinner, mm-hmm. like I was doing, because that was the other thing, that you, you feel you need to pre and post workout and prep. And as you and I do a lot of courses, we're always learning new stuff, which is fantastic, but sometimes then you're almost trying to implement too much stuff and not giving chance yeah. for things to work. So all that goes out the window now. I don't even have to think about it. It's three meals a day. I'm not going to snack, but I never have been much of a snacker. All my carbs all come from potatoes and root vegetables and obviously, as I said, nutrient-dense foods. But it's funny, isn't it? Like, Because um, I did highlights, you, didn't I? I said that you seemed so much less stressed and, and happier when training wasn't in the equation <laughs> yeah. when you'd done this last year and you was just doing lots of... Like, you were walking absolutely everywhere... This is even before we had the dog. Yeah. You're walking absolutely everywhere, um, you know, clocking up tons of steps on your Fitbit or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you, even then you were doing the odd bit of yoga and, and just generally you were much, much happier with that because like you said, you eliminated the stressor and that main stressor was training right. per yeah. se and actually giving it that title of training and I must train this many times a week at this particular intensity for this particular duration and whilst you know some people that's all good like you know which that's kind of where I'm at like things are good at the moment in my training but for some that is a stressor on top of other things that are going on in their lives right I think so and I think when you change I've been training for years and when you get you get quite skilled at stuff so it's almost like your minimum workout you you obviously have this like your minimum workout is obviously much more advanced than it ever used to be yeah. So, um, for example, your minimum running pace might be, I don't know, eight minute miles or something like that. Like, like That's the slowest you would ever run. And so every single workout that you approach has this pressure. One, to be your, you know, to hit your maximum to try and get PBs. But for God's sake, never drop below like the worst of the worst. And if you do, it can make you feel dreadful. Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I know I'll go back to training in the very near future, but I think for me, I'd started to feel like I was waking up thinking, oh my God, like I'd started to increase the distances on my run up to about, I think I got up to like 12K. So it was like 10K was becoming the minimum of a run. So whereas I just wake up in the morning and go, I'm just going to go for a run. Suddenly it was like, I'm going to go for a 10K run. Yeah. Um, I'd already set the minimum and then I was pushing the maximum as well. And that's what works against me for training and I see it in other people as well it works against you in that you've lost that I'm just gonna congratulate myself for even getting my bloody trainers on and getting out the door to I must hit this minimum distance for this minimum time and achieve this much in my workout and it could be weight space as well so I had this very dangerous phase with kettlebells where I got very similar you know I must snatch this weight for this many reps in this time yeah. Um, before going to teach my spin class, you know what I mean. So, but that, that that's so easily done, though, isn't it? And, and we often have this conversation about you know people start setting benchmarks for themselves, yeah. and anything less is just bad. Yeah. You know, it means that you're crap, you're rubbish. You know, and then you start you know giving yourself a bit of a hard time, and then there's that added pressure that the next session needs to be even better to make up for that one. Yeah. When it could could have just been something as simple as, you know, you just didn't have a very good night's sleep or maybe your body's in need of a little bit more rest or yeah, yeah. maybe uh, you haven't eaten quite as nutrient-dense like foods as you normally would, etc., etc. Um, and I think you then try and compensate. So what I was doing was, I think there was one night recently where we actually had a bit of a late night, um, saw some friends, I think we had a couple of glasses of wine 
and the next day I woke up and I wasn't feeling like a couple this... of glasses you were hammered were you <laughs> I was not <laughs> Uh, I was not. No, no. <laughs> no, she wasn't. No, but I do actually. She can't remember being happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> actually, it only takes about a glass now, anyway. So I probably was a bit tipsy. But things that were out of our usual routine. So I woke up feeling pretty tired, but still had my heart set on going for a run because that's what I said I was going to do. Yeah. So I ended up having about, I don't know, like two double espressos, amino acids. Do you know what I mean? Like piling in things to try and make myself go for that run yeah and I did and I got a, you know a decent run in and came back felt very proud of myself but then by the afternoon was like falling asleep at my desk do you know what I mean I could barely keep my eyes open because at your desk you've got a desk now at the table in our lounge that we use as a desk. <laughs> you'd be hired an office I don't know about <laughs> so it was really working against me because I'm I was trying to crank up artificial means of energy like sustaining yeah. my energy levels yeah. when I was draining them with training and the other side was when we were in Primal Con, um, what was great was talking to people about standing desks and a lot of people there work from home and they do things like set their alarm every hour and do some squats and some press-ups and stuff. And um, I love all that. I totally believe in it. But I wasn't doing it because, I mean, you saw me try and do a standing desk. I lasted about five minutes and I'm, I've got to sit down. I'm knackered. <laughs> I, I actually prefer standing yeah, up and yeah. I, I, often sta- I often stand up and eat my my lunch as well which yeah. is just just random but I just think you know there's plenty of op- opportunities to sit down yeah. I just like to stand up no no totally and I like you I mean you have more balanced you have a more balanced attitude to, to I think work training life in general than I do um you know you don't carry things around with you and stress around with you and you're much more um you can compartmentalize stuff and say right end of the day put that in a and forget about it and well you're also very much about like you you in your head have to have trained at a specific time and if you've gone past an allocated oh, yeah. time then <laughs> you spend the whole day stressing about that you need to do it and then it doesn't happen so you get even more stress so it's like you've just got that one window of opportunity whereas i'll train first thing in the morning last thing at night middle of the afternoon yeah whatever well do you know one thing i would say is when i went to see chris master john speak at weston a price he talked about vegetarians and uh, OCD, uh, obsessive compulsive disorders, and how there were certain changes that could take place that could be uh, almost slightly influenced by nutrition. So a lack of certain nutrients, especially from animal proteins, Mm -hmm. could enhance um, obsessive compulsive disorder. He noticed it when he was vegetarian. Um, I'm not vegetarian, but I have tendencies towards OCD a little bit, and I see it in quite a lot of other women, more so than men. Right. I'm seeing it, and I've also seen it actually in um, <laughs> a few metrosexual men. <laughs> That's just an observation. <laughs> As in, like, slightly men that are slightly more feminine than. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear what you're saying. So, anyway, so I do think it's quite a female thing that I see this very um, obsessive compulsive behaviour, and I'm seeing it worsen with stress in a lot of people, and I think mine gets a bit worse with stress. Yeah. And I become even more stricter in my routine when I'm more stressed and I get really irate if my routine doesn't go my way. Yeah. So even that causes me stress. And a knock-on effect that it causes me stress. Yeah, I know, because I take it out on you. So when I'm, I your, say, I'm your outlet. I think I had a phase of saying, we are going to eat dinner at this time. And if we would get busy and it would overrun, I would like almost flip out that dinner was not ready and we were going to be eating late, which means that we would be walking the dog late, which means we would get to bed late and... And this you'd, was a disaster. You'd get in a flap. I would. It was a disaster. And I'd say it. Openly announced. Say it. <laughs> I got in a flap. <laughs> I'm saying it. Would, it would, to me, it was like a disaster. 
And I'd almost have to take a step back and breathe and go, so not a disaster, like, what are you talking about? It's, it's... It's like the worst. Yeah, and you start to make big deals out of tiny little things. Um, and this is coming from stress, I think, and from... Um, one of the things that you're doing is, um, obviously, by doing the training, I was creating more stress, but possibly even increasing my production of stress hormones as well to yeah. sustain those workouts. And also drinking more caffeine to be able to do the workouts and then have the energy to do my work after the workout. And what was one of your instructions? Never drink caffeine after a workout. Or just... Ge- and well, ditch caffeine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so... I was actually smuggling decaffeinated coffees in because w- when she asked me to get her a coffee, I'd yeah, tell her would. it was... She, I'd say decaf. She'd say no. But then I'd give her a decaf anyway and tell her it was caffeinated. That was very clever. I think you were doing it because I was shouting at you so much. <laughs> I was doing it because you were under instruction not to have caffeine. caffeine. Yeah, I was. And in fact, um, one of the guys uh, that we spoke to at PrimalCon, Ben Greenfield, who we hope to have on the podcast at some point, um, he's a busy guy. So yeah, he's the triathlete, isn't he? And triathlete, very fit, very knowledgeable. Yeah, um, his wife knowledgeable. is incredibly like fit as well. Um, and she was a. A triathlete or a runner? Triathlete, I think. I think. Yeah. I think she got him into triathlons, and then he ah, just yeah, kind yeah, of just right. got hooked and whatever. But yeah. she had a similar issue, right? Yeah, she said two years. I think it was two years she had it for. Um, two years, but and then to get it back, it, she <laughs> she ditched. When I sorry, when I say stop running. So sorry, when I say get it back, do you want to just explain what? I'm oh, talking sorry. About? So her cycle disappeared. Um, I think she. I remember saying it was a couple of years. Um, after her history was triathlons as well um i haven't d- done extensive endurance exercise but as a personal trainer sometimes i train twice a day yeah. and then work long hours and it's a similar effect my cycle disappeared almost the minute we set up fit london and i started teaching fitness classes and also running to the gym <laughs> to teach the fitness class and then running home from the gym and then just doing all sorts personal of stuff. training and- yeah and actually i should probably mention that it returned if you remember very briefly once when uh, we were walking in the countryside, and people are thinking, where the hell is this story going? Uh, <laughs> we were walking in the countryside, and I fell off a stile and sprained my ankle, like, big time. Was, Matt- yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you finished that, because it was like, mine returned when I was walking through the countryside. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So it didn't return then. I broke, I sprained my ankle quite badly. Matt had to carry me back through the fields to the the hospital and I had to lie pretty much in bed for about two two weeks and couldn't work couldn't teach couldn't train couldn't do anything for about another sleeping loads yeah um so I always believed that it was two 14 consecutive lions that the cycle returned once for and then disappeared again but just how powerful it is doesn't that just show you how powerful it is that take me out of that environment and you know, and also it, it, it was like it, it, you didn't have any choice. It kind of like it was it was taken out of your hands anyway. Like you'd done your ankle in, re- and it was a really really bad sprain um, to where you could you, you know you couldn't even weight bear for a long time. But so you know you took that stress away, and you know yeah, yeah. I mean a, it could have been a, a coincidence. Who knows? But you know I don't think it was. But what did Ben Greenfield say? So that, Ben Greenfield said to me, "You need to do two things. You need to. It was basically just stop exercising and get fat." So that was it. He didn't mean literally just get fat, though, did he? He meant just, you know, just eat a bit more, train less. That's exactly how he said it. He went, you need to get fat. That was it. Yeah, but so you think... Okay, so, so. <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, train... Yeah, he, he said, you, you've, got, you've got to stop training. Um, and so 
uh, and his wife said the same thing and she said uh, I think it was two years for her gosh um, gosh but you know it worked uh, as well as my thing is I have stopped the training and it's not always been the same but it, then I haven't removed I haven't done much on stress reduction and I think my next phase has to be not only do I stop the training um, I'm going to have to drive to the woods with the dog because even just trying to get him to walk to heal is quite stressful <laughs> having a hound I'm trying to get him to avoid KFC chicken bones on the floor in London um, but yeah I've got to look at the rest of my life and how can I change um, you know or at least mitigate or reduce the effects of stress um, so there's got to be I think some meditation I have to start doing which I always sort of make a few jokes I, you know I, I know I should do it but I don't but actually I should really start doing it as I think my health generally as in my overall health is going to really start to suffer not yeah. just my fertility I actually think I won't be able to write any more books do any more presentations run any more groups because I'm already feeling some of the effects on things like memory and energy and even motivation um, from overwhelming myself too much like you actually see sometimes I say I can't face opening my laptop and looking at my emails today I can't face opening my phone um, people must get really frustrated with me because sometimes I just leave my phone in places and don't I don't want to look at it I don't want to know um, don't I? I just leave it in I don't leave it in like random places just like, say, yeah. but I'll leave it in the bedroom and I will not go and touch it you can hear it going off and you're like why, why are you ignoring your phone going off and I'm, I just don't want to know I just I'm exhausted and I don't want to know so I think the meditation thing has to happen for me maybe I should journal or blog um, a little bit about that because it's not something that I'm going to find easy or natural. I think you should blog about it because I think that there's a lot of women out there that can relate to this and will find it really, really useful because, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that guys don't get stressed or don't have a, you know, an, an unhealthy relationship with training, etc. because, you know, like I know personally of guys that have had or have that, I've been there too. Um but I, I definitely think it's more so the case with women. I mean, the amount of times I get, I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll get an email from a woman that, that all she wants, what she wants to tell me is that she's injured and she can't train how she wants to train and it's getting her a bit down. But yeah. instead of just saying that, it's about five pages long <laughs> and it's basically... We have to give you the background. All, all these reasons as to where, how the, the world is basically going to come to an end all because she can't run three times a week, for example. And, and and it's, for me, I mean, maybe this is just a bloke's perspective. I'm a bit like, wow, talk about really blow it out of proportion kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, that's just, but that's, I think everyone blows everything out of proportion. <laughs> but, but, but do you see what I mean? Like, and it, and it is often, don't get me wrong, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Someone kind of venting their frustration. And, and of course, people will get frustrated if something they love doing is kind of, taken away from them it's, it's it's never a nice feeling but i suppose the reassurance is is that there is always a way and the sooner you come to terms with it and remove the stress chances are the quicker you're going to be able to resume doing that and have a healthier relationship with it well i think for me i mean i'm really lucky in that i've got me. a marker <laughs> yeah you i've got a marker which is going to tell me when i'm getting it right and that marker's disappeared and that needs to come back um, you know, as in like I've got something to a feedback message from my body that I can judge. And um, so that's a lucky thing to have in a way because it will start to tell me when I'm getting it right. And then obviously I can play around with exercise and try and get the balance right yeah. between 
what is is um, conducive to good health and what is actually causing, you know, what is detrimental um, to good health. And it's something that um, I think I've really struggled with it over the years. I went, you know, I discovered exercise that changed my life, then took it to another level. And mm-hmm. it, you know, as you said, it's addictive and more for endorphins and everyone moving more. But it can be quite a destructive thing sometimes in that it's also. I said it, it's a, it's addictive and, and our energy sometimes goes that way rather than towards more nourishing and invigorating stuff because maybe it's a bit more boring and I'll honestly say um I, I actually felt when I took an exercise break last time slightly guilty and fraudulent working online with people trying to get them healthy and, and I really shouldn't because <laughs> I'm doing this to get healthy but that's the thing it's not like you're and this is what we had this conversation the other day didn't we is yeah. that you know you weren't doing it because you couldn't be bothered or you were being lazy you you were doing it because you you were trying to prioritize your your goals and yeah. your goal isn't necessarily to to lose body fat and get get on top of like your your nutrition because you know you already look hot your nutrition's pretty Less, yeah. pretty, pretty damn good and you've got a priority that you need to address. Yeah. And, and that's think... your that's your journey, right? And and that's the same thing that you would advise to anybody else is that it's it's their journey and how you deal with that individual is completely different to how you deal to the next one. Yeah. You know, it, you know, some individuals we need to reduce exercise, others we need to increase it. Some individuals need to reduce calories, others we need to increase it. You know, yeah. it's yeah, and same with stress, you know, it's it's it's, it's exactly the same. Well, so, well, look, I'm giving you a. <laughs> You're consulting. I'm, I'm a consultancy here. Mr. Matt Whitmore. Mr. Whitmore. <laughs> what would you have Mr. for breakfast Matthew. if you were me? <laughs> would you know what? The one thing I'd say is, I'm already. You say that all the time. What would you do if you were me? What would you, I do? I always go. I used so to go. Annoying. I used to walk into the gym and go, if you were me walking to the gym now, what would you do? And you always said the same bloody thing. What was that? Deadlifts. Train, train legs. Train your bum. <laughs> train your posterior chain. Yeah, that's, that's my, that's really, my answer. You didn't say train your bum. <laughs> train your tush. Yeah. But one thing I was going to say was I already feel, having just said to you today, that is it, I'm over it, I'm done, I'm finished. I've just farted around. I've wasted three hours of my day just trying to work out what training to do, not enjoying it. Everything about it felt wrong. But it, it was the most sure you've sounded in I a just, long while. I just thought this is... It and already I'm looking forward to waking up tomorrow and getting out with the dog really early. Um, I mean, luckily it's been like blue sky most mornings, even if it's not, I'll get some podcasts on. Um, because the other thing is, um, you know, you, like I can listen to podcasts, so I'll be learning, which I love doing, you know, yeah. I, I can get some really, you know, great nuggets of information going whilst I'm doing my walks. I can have come back and have a nice relaxing breakfast it doesn't have to be this many carbs or do you know what I mean it's, it, I can choose whatever I feel like choosing tomorrow it could be turkey toast it could be you know anything and I already feel this sense of freedom um I haven't got to you know try and find what time I can get here there anywhere yeah. and and try and make it fit with the pressures of work um and this weekend we're off to um lower stuff to do a presentation there in Suffolk yeah I'm looking forward to that and there's a beach there so I'm already thinking walking on the beach is going to be amazing there is a beach there isn't there yes <laughs> you're looking at me like I was a nutter no 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 well I was just no all I was thinking in my head was you're saying this weekend but by the time people listen to this it'll probably be about two or three weeks after we had done it but anyway I could just imagine people emailing going oh you're doing a well, you've got, you got a seminar um, in Suffolk we are just going to look at running some uh, 
seminars if possible we don't have much time to be honest before we go away this no summer. we might try and cram um, a few in but yeah we're looking to do some um free um seminars where we want people to bring along friends and family who perhaps aren't yeah. quite convinced about um fitter food and where we can start to explain things like um hormonal health and heart health and, and just give them a bit of understanding yeah a bit of a foundation and be the person to answer the questions Knowledge is power. That maybe you can't when your parents come back and say there is no way I'm eating all that cholesterol. So um, yeah, we are. Hopefully, hopefully get some free webinars. Well, most parents come back with life's, life's too short. Yeah. Have a biscuit. Uh, yeah. Your <laughs> mum used to say that a lot, didn't she? But she does bless her now. Stick to. My, my mum's definitely. I'd say my mum's seventy-five, twenty-five. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely. very good. She's very good. I'm very proud of her, and yeah. she's she gave up smoking as well. So big props to Matthew's mum. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. My mum. <laughs> um, but no, I thought that was really interesting, actually, even as a dude listening. Really? Yeah, I thought that was well, very interesting. the one thing I'd say is, obviously, when you talk about women's issues, men just want to, like, put their fingers in their ears and say, uh, la, 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 la. But I, I reckon I could, I could list... In fact, I know a lot of guys that are suffering from this because I know a lot of women that are very similar to me. <laughs> so I know their other halves are suffering like you suffer. Yeah, but also, you know, there could be PTs here that have got female clients yeah. that maybe got a similar thing. But equally, you know, some of the, the things that you've highlighted, uh, you know, men can relate to too, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, like we've, I mean, I kind of went from one extreme to the other, didn't I? Because before I met you, I had a bit of an obsession with exercise also. And then I kind of went from that to actually, yeah, to, I had to talk myself into training. Well, I think your story is interesting because people look at you and think um, it's all right for you. You don't need to... You know, you don't need to train or whatever. You've got this great physique and you can get away with eating um, stuff. But you have health goals and that's why I think it'd be interesting for me to interview you because you have health goals that you're not hitting at the moment. And is there areas that, I mean, you're lucky in that I just I rub it in your ear about them all the time because I think you're reminding <laughs> sometimes about them. I'm, I'm, it's like having the, the paleo police following you around <laughs> with Keris. Jesus. But that's because... You, I think your body's transitioning in that you got away with a certain amount of stuff and maybe now you're not going to. There's, there's a cumulative effect going on of, of things that you've done over the years, which would be interesting for people to know about. And I don't think you get away with it as much anymore. But I also think you sometimes ignore some of the signals your body gives you. And I try and highlight them. I'm not at very all. good at that in that I probably add more stress to, you your, to your life. But, I'm always like, well, thanks for uh, thanks for elevating my cortisol. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but at the, sim- at the same time, you are, I think, more of a person that will ignore a lot of stuff. And sorry, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and you're very dedicated to your training goals, and that makes you ignore stuff as well. So you're a bit like me in that sense that you get your heart set on at the moment. Yeah. You're doing all these different. Um, weight training resistance protocols and you're really hot on it and well, I'm stuff. not doing all different ones no no so you, you have your goals and you my know, goal at the moment is to get hench yeah, or even hencher because I already consider myself quite hench yeah. would you say I was quite hench I would but I don't get why you want to get hencher <laughs> which I did ask you yesterday why do you want to get big er I don't get it but anyway we can talk about that on we can talk about episode. that next time yeah so well, I'll try and persuade you not to get hench. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, Keris. It's been a it's been a pleasure and sharing your uh, your words of wisdom there was and one your thing I your epiphany. To tell people about oh no, chocolate every day. 
or how long would it take you to talk well, about it? Well, very quickly. And one thing I've said to Matt, I eat, we eat clean anyway. I don't find clean eating. Ah, that's the episode of... Uh... <laughs> Well, I don't know. I was say I don't find cleaning eating hard. Do you? We don't anyway because like tonight we've got and we've got tarragon turkey burgers with steamed plantain and avocado salad. That's not like depriving to me. No, um, when there's plantain involved, it's never depriving. Exactly. My breakfast, I think, was a chocolate uh, protein shake with banana and a little pot of nuts and coconut. So, but we eat really well. I don't find it in any way a diet, or I would never use that phrase. Um, but I know that um, dark chocolate has a really positive influence on um, cortisol stress. So I thought I would try on my new protocol, whatever it is I'm doing, if you want to call it that, is um, is maybe have a little bit of dark chocolate every day. How much is a little bit? Half half a bar? No, no. I think the, the research was on 40 grams, which is loads. So I'm going to stick it around like 30 grams if I can. Um, but the reason I said that was... 30 grams of chocolate. So it's actually been... I feel like I'm being quite nice to myself. Just I probably won't even have chocolate every Doing day. something for you. But I'm going to say that I could, if I want chocolate every day, I can have chocolate every day. I have 90%, though. That's probably well, quite I'll, important I'll be, to mention. I'm intrigued to know how you get on. And um, I'm sure if we was to have a, a chocolate every day thing on our next online plan, we'll, we'll <laughs> set it out in no time. Yeah. So. <laughs> how to lose weight eating chocolate every day and ditching the gym. How to lose weight, losing, how to lose weight eating chocolate every day. It's a good strap line. It's a hashtag. Chocolate everyday diet. <laughs> Chocolate day. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. So <laughs> you'll, you'll keep people posted on I that, will. will you? I okay. Will. As will I. Um, okay, folks. So yeah, like I said, totally, totally random episode here. We just, we just thought we'd put it out there. I thought it was interesting. I certainly hope that that you guys have too. And uh, as always, get in touch with your questions. Um, don't don't get offended if we don't answer them or maybe answer them on the very next episode because a lot of the time these episodes are kind of done in advance and when we ask you guys to ask questions we've already got a few podcasts queued up so um, we will get round to them so by all means keep them coming in if you post them on the fit food page that's great but ideally email me um at matt at fitterlondon.co.uk and just put podcast in the subject box so i can uh find them nice and easy because the easier they're to find then the greater chance we've got of uh, answering them um and also guys uh please 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 pretty please uh share our podcast subscribe to to the to the um to the channel and you know just kind of like leave a comment a review and share away and spread the the love of fit of food because ultimately it's you guys that keep it alive so yeah, and thank you to all of those that have done so so far. Much yeah, appreciated. Thank you very much. It was amazing reviews. And I, I guess this is a tarot. Yeah, it's tea time. Let's it go. It is tea time. Right, Keris. Let us let us folks. Bye. See you next time. Bye.